0: This is Saving Grace, living in the light of God's love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program.
1: Hello, I'm Carmen Pate. I'm your host for today's program. Author and theologian Frederick Beekner wrote, listen to your life see it for the fathomless mystery that it is in the boredom and the pain of it no less than in the excitement and gladness touch taste smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it because in the last analysis all moments are key moments and life itself is grace well over the next couple of weeks we want to get to the heart of the matter this God-given life that is ours and our place in God's epic adventure. The story found in the Bible reads like a fairy tale with the major difference being it is true. Well, today we want to start with the quest for significance that each of us must discover. And here to help us is our guest, Tracy Marshall. Tracy is a board member of the is a member, excuse me, of the Board of Trustees for Grace School of Theology and serves as co-director of the Women's Institute at the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. In addition, she is the executive director and president of the Board for Transparency, USA, whose mission is to provide clear, accurate, easy-to-understand information about the money in state politics, Tracy received both her bachelor and law degrees from Duke University. She practiced employment law in Dallas, Texas, before moving with her family to Midland, Texas, in 2002. She and her husband are founding members of the grammar school at Midland Classical Academy, where she served for many years in various roles, including as chairman of the executive committee. She's the author of the Bible study, Security and Significance, which we are referencing today. Welcome, Tracy,
0: to Saving Grace. Hi, Carmen. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I've looked forward to this. You know, we're talking today about our desire for significance in God's story. And, you know, Tracy, as I read your bio, I couldn't help but wonder if you, like myself, spent years searching for significance. So I'd love to hear uh, your pursuit and what you have discovered.
0: Sure, Carmen, Um, I think it's safe to say that as a younger woman, I was very ambitious. If you asked me, even from the time I was a little girl, I told you I wanted to be a lawyer. And um, I pursued top colleges, top law schools, um, had this Grand ambition in my mind of being this um, hotshot attorney, if you will, and making lots of money and not being dependent on anyone for money and kind of pursuing the typical worldly things, uh, position and power and money and and all that. And um, the irony is, Carmen, now that I'm older, I'd say I'm probably just as ambitious, maybe even more ambitious than ever. But um, I've learned how to channel that to something that's not fleeting and meaningless, like power in this world or money that can fly away, that comes and goes. But um, I think I'm ambitious for a life that matters, that's um, significant. And our dear Lord offers that to us in and, and a way to have a life that matters and is impactful, not just now, but but on into eternity. So that's kind of oh, how my journey's and it's,
1: Well, it's beautiful. And, you know, it's it's one that is also, also brings such peace uh, and freedom, right? To live out that desire, uh, which money can't buy, power and fame can't buy doesn't give you those things that we have in Christ. And uh, I know from what I know about you, uh, certainly God has um, has shown you the blessing of trusting mm-hmm. him, following him, serving him, just as I have. It's a beautiful thing. Well, we know, uh, Tracy, from scriptures that the disciples certainly desired significance, uh, we see evidences throughout the Gospels, most importantly, uh, where the mother of James and John approached mm-hmm. Jesus to request places of honor in his kingdom for her two sons. I always feel embarrassed for her when I read that. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, you know, there are lessons that we can learn from that story that we find in Matthew 12 Twenty uh, about our own search for significance. Uh, share with us what you've learned from from that passage that others as well could learn.
0: Sure, Carmen. Um, um, like you said, that's from Matthew twenty. It's absolutely one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and it's it's one of the reasons I love Scripture because um, it's just so raw and real. And you see that. both um, They weren't trying to um, shade or hide their foibles or their most embarrassing moments. They just, it's all there. Um, But for the reader, for the listeners who might not be familiar with it off the top of their heads. So apparently from this passage, Jesus is there with his 12 disciples. And there's these two brothers among the disciples, James and John. Jesus has nicknamed them Sons of Thunder and um, their mother shows up and she falls down on her knees in front of Jesus clearly she wants something and Jesus says well what do you wish what do you want and she says please allow please grant that my sons will be your, basically your top lieutenants in, in heaven or in your kingdom that one can sit on your right hand and the other can sit on your left in your kingdom and she's probably thinking still that Jesus is going to establish an earthly kingdom at that time and yeah. um, uh, But what I love, what I absolutely love is Jesus. I mean, first of all, that's kind of embarrassing. And a little later in the uh, passage, it says that the other 10 disciples were greatly distressed. I mean, how embarrassing, right? Like, not just that you're asking for position, but that your mama, like these these grown men had their mama show up and ask on their behalf, like, hey, can my boys be your number one and number and um, so I think that the rest of them were probably mad. First of all, hey, how come you want to be one and two? And then what makes you the best? And then secondly, I can imagine that it took a very long time to live down that mama that asked. Anyway. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the cool thing then, though, is that Jesus doesn't say, he doesn't rebuke her and say, oh, no, um, no, no, no. You shouldn't care about that. You shouldn't care about who's first or who gets to sit on my right and left? In fact... He tells them how to get there. He actually says, he doesn't say you shouldn't ask that. He says how to do it. It's just that the how is not what anyone would expect. Of it's a life it. of service. It's a life of putting yourself last now and serving others. It's like he's looking for people to to reign with him in his coming kingdom who know how to sacrificially serve and not be selfish jerks, if you will, on this world. And then he also, interestingly, says, um, he warns them that suffering will probably be entailed if you really um, want to, to follow him and pursue this life of greatness according to Jesus.
1: Yes, 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 and and so it really was uh, out of His grace and mercy, showing you know you need to understand the cost, right, to follow Me, right. to serve and reign with Me. Uh, it's not all uh, not all party and 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 cake. It's it's right. there is service required, and then certainly the suffering that would result from that. Uh, you know, one of the, the verbalized truths that we share all the time here at Grace is that the love of Christ can't be earned and it can't be bought. Uh, it can't be lost, excuse me. Uh, you know, it is the foundation for grasping our significance and the foundation uh, for accepting that free gift of eternal life that Christ offers. So let's talk a moment about the nature of God's love that confirms our unconditional acceptance in him, because I think that truly follows this story that we just talked about. Uh, It's not about having a, a place of honor in the kingdom. It's about knowing that you are loved by the king unconditionally. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful love. Uh, And so let's talk about that love, that character uh, of love, the nature of God's love that he has for us, Gracie.
0: That's exactly right, Carmen. Um, Before we can even begin to pursue or seek any kind of significance that would matter at all. We have to get the first step right, and that's our security. And our security comes 100% from His just overwhelming, all-encompassing love for us. And um, it starts by um, accepting the free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. My favorite... um, Passage about our salvation from hell to heaven, if you will, is not the famous John three sixteen that everyone puts up, you know, puts on banners at football games. But it's the verse right before that. It's John three fifteen. I just love it, and it, it says, um, "As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man—that's referring to Jesus—be lifted up, like he was on the cross, that whoever believes in him won't perish." but have eternal life. And so it's just this picture. It's, it's referencing an Old Testament story when there were a bunch of snakes that um, the people had disobeyed. There were snakes and they were biting the people and they were dying. And Moses, God told Moses, make this bronze pole, this serpent on a pole. And if you just hold it up and tell the people if they have enough faith to look at that and try, and just look, just look and say, that might be my answer, they will be healed. And they were And so I think that's where we find ourselves. We've been infected with this sin sickness that um, dooms us, if you will. But if we will have enough faith to look to Jesus when he was held up on that cross and say, that's the answer. He's the answer. I believe I'm going to trust in what he did for me, that he took, he's the answer to my sin problem, to my sin sickness, if you will. Trust in that then he gives us, uh, at the moment we trust and we exercise belief, he gives us then eternal life. And then the beautiful, beautiful thing is that he loves us so much and his love is so perfect that scripture tells us over and over how secure we can be in it. Um, We're told in 1 John that we can know, not doubt, not guess, not hope, not wait to see, but we can know we have eternal life. Um, Romans tells us that his gifts are irrevocable. He doesn't take them back. Uh, John says no one, nothing can snatch us out of his hand. And Ephesians tells us we have been sealed for the day of redemption. Um, I just love that, Carmen. It's this idea that just like we can't work our way into our eternal salvation, we also can't work our way out of it. And that just allows this amazing um, freedom and joy.
1: Oh, doesn't it, though? I, I think it's one of my favorite thoughts as well, truths as well, knowing that uh, no one or no thing can snatch me out of his hand, not even me. You know, we think, have I done too much? Uh, is he is going to turn away from me? No, no, no. There's nothing we can do to separate us from God's love, and it's, it is just a uh, it, it is so assuring uh, is such security in, mm-hmm. in that in that thought absolutely. Well you know there are objections, even in Christian circles, Tracy, regarding faith alone in Christ alone, apart from works, for forgiveness of sins and eternity with Christ. Uh, you know it's hard for us to imagine who have grasped those truths uh, that but for those who believe they still must work. Uh, that's not a joyful life, that's a life of duty and uh, a drudgery and wondering if you've done enough. Uh, so let's talk about those objections, but most importantly, clarify the works, of ro- a role of works in our life, because certainly we believe works are important, but not for salvation. Let's talk about that a moment.
0: Absolutely, Carmen. I think that's one of um, the biggest problems with um, modern Christianity or one of the biggest issues plaguing the church right now is that there's kind of been this mashup um, of faith and works and not a clear understanding of the distinction between the role of faith and then the role of works. I like to call it the gift and then the prize. Or there's different ways to think about it, relationship with God and then our fellowship. But but we have to get this um, distinction. And the, the, f- the first way I think that it gets mixed up is kind of front-loading the importance of works or, or mixing up the role of works on the front end, and the second is mixing it up on the back end. And by the front yes. end, um, uh, I think people believe that it has to be to be saved, to go to heaven, it's belief plus works. Now, some what that works is varies according to different uh, people. You'll hear, but it's they'll say it's belief plus. Baptism, belief plus some certain thing you have to say, belief plus walking an aisle, belief plus forsaking some sin first before you can believe, before Jesus will accept you. It's all these kind of front-loaded things instead of just saying, no, the way I go to heaven is faith alone. It's looking to Jesus and his work, trusting his work on the cross. The second way I think that it gets mixed up is this back end where um, it's belief plus proof, and what I mean by that, and that's that's the second mistake, this mistake of belief plus proof, and it's that well, if you really believed or if you truly believed, and I don't even know what people mean by that, like did you did you grit your teeth? did you grunt when you believed did you did you think a think did you think it hard? I don't know what they mean by that, but they say if you really believed, if you got it right, then your life is going to automatically produce all this fruit now I do think that the Holy Spirit will change us. But I think that that's an internal thing and not an, necessarily um, something we can observe, especially not in others. And the problem with this belief proof thing is how much proof? What's 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 it look like? Can some what's of it enough? be rotten? What's enough? Can some of it be rotten? What if I run away like the prodigal son? What if I... Uh, and, and so you never have... That security in Him. So I, th- I think it's um, the, a really easy passage to look at um, is a classic passage. It's Ephesians 2 8 and 9. And it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. That's not of yourself, it's the gift of God and not of works, lest anyone should boast. So there's that free gift. God offers us this free gift that we obtain through our belief and our faith not of works, but then the very next passage goes on, and it says, okay, that's how you, when you're, that's the gift, now you're eternally secure, now what do you do? What are the role of works? And he says, well, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God prepared before him that we should walk in them. So we should do these things, but I think once we get the distinction between faith and works, then we're set up to, um, we're secure, and then we can go do attempt. Uh, we don't have to worry. We can attempt great things for Christ. I like to say, yes. um, analogy is like the that harness that comes down on the roller coaster that keeps you, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of locks in and uh, yes. can't move. It's your it is a one heck of a seatbelt. You are secure in that thing, and now you're ready for this wild ride of life. So
1: yes, yes, yes. I love that. I love that well, you know, and we accepted the free gift of eternity with Christ, uh, we can now focus on our eternal home, begin living now in preparation for that home. There's there's so much to do here before we go home. Uh, I think it would be good to remind our listeners uh, where we are headed. Uh, when we think of heaven, there are things that are not gonna be there that are good. There are things that are gonna be there that are good. We don't know it all, but scripture does give us a glimpse uh, to get us excited, doesn't it?
0: That's right. Um, It's incentive, right? And and it's um, the hope of heaven gives us strength to endure some of the wild and hard times here. And um, I think, Carmen, that this is one of the biggest lies or the biggest tricks that um, Satan, if you will, and and just our world system also has played on people, is that it's portrayed heaven as this, um, we're all going to be floating on clouds with a harp. I mean, honestly, that sounds awful. Um, Or we're going to be in some miserable choir (laughs) singing bad songs around (laughs) the clock. I mean... Uh, and that's just, Scripture doesn't tell us everything, I think, because we can't handle it yet. But the glimpses we do get of heaven are so good and so exciting. And they are, um, you you said something a minute ago, what heaven is not. If I had to say um, just in one word what it's not, it is not dull. It is anything but dull. And um I think it's the uh, beauty and glory and perfectness and the activity is should uh, inspire us every single day. Um, here are a few other things that scripture tells us are not in heaven. Um, we see no more death, no more mourning, no more weeping, crying, no more pain, hallelujah, no more curse. So all the death and destruction that we see in this world is gone. And even no more night. Um, it, it, it's it's very exciting,
1: isn't it? Though, and you know, even if it was just that, <laughs> uh, that would be enough to go. Yes, I definitely want to prepare to go there. Uh, but knowing we will also be with Jesus, uh, I—that I, is the ultimate. I, I, you know, to see him face to face, to see that love in person. Uh, mm-hmm. Is going to just be a beautiful, beautiful thing, and you know I I I'll agree with you totally. I don't think we're going to be floating around on clouds with harps, uh, but I do believe that there will be assignments in heaven. Don't you? We have scriptures that we, if we have been faithful here, uh, the Lord may assign us to reign with Him uh, yes. through the millennium, through eternity. Uh, any any particular scriptures that you have that encourage you in that regard?
0: Um, yes, I'm excited about that. I do think we see that we have different jobs in heaven. It's cool because we're also promised perfect rest in heaven, but also perfect work, perfectly suited to how he's made us and our um, designs and our um, desires. But also, like you said, Carmen, suited to how well we um use the gifts and talents and opportunities we have. And there, there's ideas like that martyrs will have a special place. It says in Revelations that they will be with him and neither go in and out. Like I, I like to think of it kind of like um, they get to be his cabinet, you know, at, just thinking uh-huh. in a political kind of sense. Um, there's a sense, uh, it talked about some people reigning over ten cities, some over five. So there's this notion, we don't, we don't totally understand it yet, but this notion that We'll have different jobs and different levels of authority based on how we perform here. But um, another thing that is is so exciting to me is that I think um, well, Scripture tells us that He's going to make the whole earth new, right? And the last two chapters, the very end, last two chapters in the Book of Revelation talk about how He's going to make the whole earth again, like the Garden of Eden, effectively, and we're going to have a perfect earth. But also, he, um, we're actually going to get to see him face-to-face. And I think that uh, part of that, we get a new body when we get to heaven, a new perfect body, which the older I get, the more I'm really ready for that. <laughs> um, but I think it's because we see in Scripture that no one like Moses asked to see God's face, and God said, no, you can't see it, it will kill you. And, and now Jesus, the people who they saw Jesus when he was on earth, but... Um, it says that his glory was hidden, and when we get there, I think part of it—this is just some of my conjecture—but I think that some of it is that we're going to need these new bodies to be able to look at God face to face, because um, and and to be with Him. And um, yes, yes, I agree. Yes,
1: yes. I'm
0: sorry. Go ahead. and go ahead, Say that again. Prepare our
1: bodies for what we will experience in eternity, for sure.
0: That's right. Scripture tells us that in heaven, we will sing and laugh and dance and have instruments and feast and have wine and have jobs and learn. And I just think it's it's beyond our, he tells us literally no eye has um, seen, no ear has heard. No, it hasn't even entered into our imagination. We can't even imagine it in our wildest dreams. How good it's going to be!
1: Oh, absolutely, amen. You wrote, Tracy. Heaven is God's final answer in our closing moments. Expound on that.
0: Um, I believe that Scripture teaches us that heaven is just the answer for every longing we have. It's the answer to perfect the desire we have for peace. It's the answer to the desire we have to feel perfectly loved, to feel significant, to um, feel joy, to feel pain-free, to feel every—all those things. It's even Carmen. this is interesting. Um, my husband's favorite passage is John 14. It talks about—Jesus says, I'm going on to prepare a place for you. Um, talks about a dwelling place. So I think that even that speaks to something that we're longing for. We see this entire industry here, you know, Fixer Upper and HGTV, and there's all this because it speaks to something in us where we want this perfect home. And I think that Jesus says he's even doing that. And so I just think that every need, desire, longing that we have here will be ultimately fulfilled in Jesus and in this perfect place he's preparing for us.
1: Oh, it will. Hallelujah. I love that. Personal touch as well. He says, mm-hmm. "I go to a place, place for you." Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Wow. Well, thank you, thank you, Tracy Marshall, for sharing your heart, your insights uh, today. This was beautiful. We want to have you back next week to talk about. Building a Life That Matters for Eternity. Uh, I do encourage you, our listeners, to check out our program notes. You're going to learn more about Tracy Marshall, her organization, Transparency USA, her online study, Security and Significance, which, by the way, is available through Grace On Demand. We invite you to check out the many courses offered through our degrees program at Grace School of Theology or for those simply wanting to know and love our Savior more deeply, we encourage you to check out Grace Center for Spiritual Development. You can find information at our website at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. Well, we are so glad that you've tuned in today. Please tell others about Saving Grace. And we hope that you'll always remember that the love of Christ, it could never be earned, but also it can never be lost. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again next week. Have a great one.
0: You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.